1: Did I ever tell you the time that I got called into the boss's office about my, quote-unquote, heavy sighing? (laughs) I legitimately got scolded early in my career. I was probably 24, and I was called into the VP's office saying that my heavy sighing was a distraction, and it showed that I was not happy in the
0: workplace, did you sigh like you started? This yeah, yeah well, I did okay. A lot. I'm glad uh, they called you. in. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I, and you know, I'll be honest, I wasn't really aware I was doing it of course. It was you know, I, I was working in the benefits department. Well, that's I that, know, calls, no that, that calls that's, yeah. you know, I was it's working in the benefits self-defense department. Self defense is the, and, size, the least you can do. And I would get off the phone sometimes with an employee and that like instead of saying you fucking idiot mm-hmm. it was like Ugh. and truthfully my cube was right outside of um the vp of benefits office so she wasn't in the wrong but I do find myself making a lot of noises throughout my day. Like what else? Like, you You know, I think we talked about this in season one, like um, Lee did a guttural grunt. <laughs> um, <laughs> or even, yeah, <laughs> or I talk to myself a lot. And for some reason, I think it helps with my self-diagnosed ADHD where I'm like, I do play-by-plays, like first I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. And I was sharing my office last week with someone. Remember, I'm new to this company. And she was like, wait, are you talking to me? And I'm like, fuck no, girl, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but I still do sigh quite frequently. Yeah. When you're talking to people or when you, like, when you no, sign at the benefits conversation. Yeah, is it... like I'm doing it after the fact or like I'm not doing it with the employee or even with my boss. Um, she could definitely hear me um, clearly, but I tried very hard, you know, especially in a communal space like that, like mm. a cube farm. It's it's different, you know, Yeah, you're trying to be quiet. So that was my way of like, instead of saying, like I said, God, this person's an idiot. Or how did you miss benefits open enrollment when I literally emailed you 14 times? It was like... She didn't have a compelling enough subject line. Is probably why. But, right. um, you know, I know. Aside from needed, that, it needed to be R.E. John Binet's murder. I mean, it's, it's, it's people <laughs> will click. Solved. Yep.
0: Oh gosh. <laughs> so you're squeaky.
1: You're noisy. <sighs> and you're squeaky. I am, and I hate that for me, and I hate that for other people. But I.
0: a girl. What, yeah.
1: You own it. I it know, is what just it be does. you. Own it. <laughs> <laughs> Benefits are hard,
2: though. Benefits are. It is, it is yeah. hard. It, oh, they're really hard. It is worth a sigh. It is worth our a sigh. Our healthcare system in, in the U.S. is, oh, is tied to employment. Is it? It leads to a lot of things. The best
0: of which being a sigh. I know exactly. So uh, like, can we all just sigh on that note? Uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Welcome to our staff meeting, HR besties. Okay, so today's agenda, first things first, Cringe Corporate Speak, brought to you by Ashley. And then we're going to move into our hot topic of this meeting, and that's the first 90 days. So all things onboarding, all the things onboarding. And then, of course, we'll save room at the end for questions and comments before we have that hard stop. All right, Ashley, so can you kick us off? Happy to.
2: My corporate Cringe Speak is FUPA. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I got one of those My big fat <laughs> Okay how do you define FUPA because I'm sure it's not what yeah, Some of us think it might be Is it
2: what I'm thinking? Uh, how I define Fatter, the f- earth <laughs> You can you can you can Google look that up on, <laughs> online. Um, I don't need to find and research the origin story for that because it's an acronym that you can find. Um, but the other acronym was in um, my my first job that I've talked about when I did cold calling, and this is a professional environment. The acronym Fupa was used for follow up phone appointment.
1: <laughs> so no, it wasn't. I, <laughs>
2: I remember during training when they said FUPA, and like I. Of oh, course, obviously. And of course, the training. Well, I know people find that funny. That's what we call it Well, why the fuck are, do you still call it that? Yeah, because, maybe let's not. So, my job is a cold caller or internal sales. For those familiar, it means, you know, I sat at my cube farm and, you know, dialed for dollars. To my, I set up meetings for someone else and I made that person sound very important who was about seven months older than me. Um, <laughs> you know, my director's <laughs> going to be in town, you know, whenever you'll the fuck you'll meet with them. And, but this date in particular, you know, this, the sales, old sales tactics. Uh, but so would be to have the person would have the meeting and then The follow ups after that, then the person would say schedule a FUPA. And in our like (sighs) CRM system, it was like meeting FUPA and you'd have to. But people would then use that to other people say, oh, we wanted to schedule a FUPA. (laughs) Nobody. No, I am am legitimately curious if other
1: people use this terminology at work for this reason. I mean, I've never personally heard it other than the other thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I've never heard of the Fupa, but but it's like it reminds me of like some orgs out there uh, where they call for their performance management system, like they they say PMS. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, like if there's already an acronym for something that's like literally global, like people know that. I mean, maybe maybe let's
2: think of something else. Yeah, but people know. But it is. It's the corporate acronyms that when people right. Say it, and you're like, oh, it's like the same as like short term disability, STD, the STD, the STD, the oh, STD no. policy. And I, people, yeah.
1: <laughs> I am very guilty myself of what I'll do because I've more than likely I've handled FMLA at almost every single company because I actually am an FMLA expert. But Ooh, okay. in, uh, we what, all know what what goes hand in hand with FMLA, short term disability, right? So I will type it out the first time. And then I'll put in parentheses "STD," so you know. So you know you've what defined I'm referring the... to. I actually posted a meme um, earlier, uh, like this week, and someone used the term the acronym BDSM. Oh for my business god! this development sales and marketing? No, I'm like actually no, that's not. It's
2: it's. I mean, it really is it, the corporate. The corporate ones are really funny. But let me ask you this: Do you pronounce? FMLA, FMLA, or Femla, or do you call it Femla? No. Well, you already know yeah, what I no. call
0: it. F-M-L-A. FMLA, FMLA. You do not say Femla. I don't say Femla. Oh my god, I, I, I don't was say like... Femla.
2: But you have to, like, uh, sometimes I feel.
0: Uh, Are people saying Femla? Yes. And no. So I've been. No. No. It, but yes. so sometimes no, you
2: have to, like, you have to, you know, go with the f- flow. And as a recovering people pleaser, I, I, I try to, I try to adjust to someone. So you know, if they call me the wrong name, I just. Well, do I, you know, I'm doing the mental, do I correct them? Do I, I'll move on with life. You're like,
0: sure, but, I'll be Jane. But yeah, but do, yeah, sure, sure. But so, yeah, yeah. so I've done,
2: I'll do seminars. Like I've done like um, speeches, you know, at uh, HR, put, putting the human back in human resources. Well, I'm trying to test my humanity. When someone, you know, raises their hand, do you have a question? When someone's out on FIMLA... And, Ooh. And I'm dying inside and some What's FIMLA? Oh, you mean FMLA? Oh, like, oh it's pronounced either way, you know, tra- both ways, both all all sides. No, it's um, it. I, it I, I'm i an FMLA yeah. person, oh but I do. Gosh. I think it's a, I think it's a southern but not no. Texas thing that yeah, people call Texas it FIMLA. Is not the I, South. I yeah, we've, we've, we've established yeah. that. was just so yeah. fascinating. But
0: yeah. Are you serious? People call it FIMLA. FIMLA.
2: People call it FIMLA <laughs> like it's F-I-M-L-A. I, and yeah. hey,
0: you do you, right? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm just saying I've never heard of that. That sounds like FEMA says.
1: to me. Yeah, it is yeah. very
0: FEMA-ish. Very yeah. FEMA-ish. Oh, gosh. Well, we've learned something. We've learned that there's multiple FUPAs in the world. And so we need to ask clarity <laughs> know, I've known, when someone says FUPA I've, to you. Are you talking about a meeting? Are you talking about my pouch? <laughs> I've had,
2: I've, I mean, we've all had phases where we've
0: had two FUPAs. So, you know, that's... that's we. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Wow. Oh, to that point, uh, let's move right into our hot topic of the day, which is all about employee onboarding and the first 90 days. What do we think about the first 90 days? I know this is a topic that we've had lots of people write in about.
1: Yeah, we've had quite a few besties reach out to us. So I think this is multifaceted. So I know in season one, we touched on the 90-day quote-unquote probationary period, which Mm -hmm. we hate that term, the besties hate probationary. Introductory, fine. Remove probationary period (laughs) yeah, from your handbooks. Just say introductory, thank you. But, you know, I think another another piece of the first 90 days is how are we setting our employees up for success in the first 90 days? Because, man, I wish I could remember the statistic, but there's a statistic that essentially employees determine in the first two weeks of their new job if they're staying or leaving based on their onboarding. So... Think about it as you have two weeks to wow the shit out of them, but really it's, the, it's 90 days in too. And, and what, what are you putting in place? How are you setting them up for success? So you're not in my office, you know, at the end of 60 days going, I hate Jane. Jane is unproductive. Well, what have you done to, to train her? Or what, you know, what, what, did you set her up for success? That's literally one of the first questions I ask. That's a huge part of HR's job, but it's not just HR's job. I think starting even before the 90 days, there's things that people should know about
2: their job before they start and before they hit that acceptance. I've talked about things like like paid time off, mm-hmm. but also okay, well, we we have that in the offer letter. We're all set. Okay, when people take that time off, what's the expectation? Are they allowed to recharge? Or are you expecting them to check in and log their email? Um, Things like training and development. What does that look like? What's the actual experience like? Are people expected to travel? I mean, I've had situations where people start and then they're, oh, go to this, you know, location in three weeks time and they're trying to scramble and they they, they don't want to lose their job. So they're, you know, trying to manage all the things behind the scenes. But some of these things like autonomy. And so one thing that I think HR can do is within an organization is for an employee survey or with that employee feedback, even talking one-on-one with employees, you know, during that first 90 days. I think that's better at times than just, you know, having the survey, but but it is asking people in whatever way, what are things that surprised you as you came on board? What do you wish you knew before mm-hmm. you accepted the offer? And if you can have a mechanism to ask that and get that feedback, then you can help as part of the interview process and offer, yeah. and you can help that flow of honesty and communication, which The HR besties are all about. But that's one thing that I think can help with onboarding is the problem is when it can be a surprise. But Lee, question I have for you is like for onboarding first 90 days, first two weeks. What about that first day experience and what have you seen for better or for worse?
0: I mean, I love this conversation because if you take nothing from it, just know that onboarding matters. Right. Because you're literally, yeah, because you're literally looking at somebody that's starting and you're just like recognizing that, okay, you're a human being and you are a person Mm -hmm. and you are here and welcome. And and that is so important for everyone to be seen and respected in that way. There's a lot of just unsaid in an onboarding and especially a day one. So I've had day ones personally where like nobody talked to me. Mm -hmm. And then I had day ones where there were flowers and a team lunch and welcome cards and my laptop was there and it was beautiful, right? And it's like, wow, thanks for recognizing me like as a person that you want to collaborate with, and you're including me that, you know, the special I word again, you know, into mm-hmm. this team. And I i feel like somebody here and I now feel connected. And so whatever you do on day one, and I do think it looks different depending on your organization and that's okay. There's mm-hmm. no one right answer, but make sure it it evokes feeling of connectivity. Like that connection, it really matters the, not, and it doesn't even matter like what that person is about or who they are or what they like. I mean, you don't have to broadcast them on the intercom or anything like that. But just, you know, shake a hand, look them in the eyes, welcome them. We're thankful you're here. Here's your, you know, your your uh, onboarding guide. Here's your, let's start talking about uh, getting you all set up and ready before we just jump into goals. I don't want to inundate you with all of that yet. Take your time, meet the team, all those things. Oh. Just the time and attention you give someone on their first day matters. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And some of us wear our emotions on our sleeve and some of us not so much. But regardless, when we keep all of those stressors bottled up, it can start to affect us and those around us negatively. Therapy. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Now, this is especially important for those besties out there that work in HR or perhaps are a people leader, manager, boss, Because people be people, and don't they? (laughs) They really do. And so you need to make sure you have an outlet to share so that you can thrive. If you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, so it's completely designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HR Besties today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P pcom com slash HR Besties. Stay well, besties.
1: When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Being an HR department of one many times in my career, recruiting always fell into my list of duties. Sourcing quality candidates for hiring managers was my top priority. Even finding that magical unicorn that I told them did not exist. Oops, my bad. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else you know, those magical unicorns, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing many hats and might not have time or the resources to hire. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours of posting. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. So post your job for free on linkedin.com slash HR besties. That's linkedin.com slash HR besties to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I actually um had it was I was doing a, a an onboarding survey. This was when I had first gotten into a company and one of the comments on on the survey. This was we gave them the survey after their first week like what did we not tell you? And I had just gotten into this role and someone this is so simple. They didn't show her where the bathroom was. This poor woman, and and so I I went up to her after the fact, and I'm like, I just want you to know, I read your survey, and I feel terrible that no one showed you that, and, and you had no idea where to use it. She was like, I held it all day. That's awful.
0: That is awful.
1: You know, I know that not everyone's doing that, but something as simple as uh, here's our cafeteria, these snacks, here's our coffee, here's our water, Mm -hmm. here's a quick tour. Oh, by the way, here's the bathroom. You need a key fob for this door or, oh, make sure if they're smokers. I know not a lot of people smoke anymore, but still you smoke or vape. Here's the door that, you know, Mm -hmm. those Mm -hmm. that go out and smoke or vape. And and it's thinking of the simplest things. Yeah. That those new employees need to know, like the bathroom. Well, it's. I think. I mean, I, I think. And some of the best
2: people at that are are executive assistants. Mm-hmm. Like some of the people that that I have are, that are, they think about those things. And they say, "Let me take you on a tour," and they walk you through these things, and they think about those details. And so, I think some is in organizations, and some organizations are are eliminating those roles of it, making you know. Ex- executive assistants support, you know, a multitude more of people and, oh, you have technology and things like, okay, well, people be people. And so, but it's some of those roles of training, and sometimes we'll hear HR besties. I know I get this, of like, how do you transfer roles? And we'll do more episodes on that. But for those admins that have that attention to detail and know what people ask. And I had, you know, I'd had for years this, you know, thought about things that, you know, questions that people can ask. And I'd helped some people, like, here's examples of questions to ask. That's helpful. And so I made this new employee guidebook, um, made a TikTok where it was like a, it was like, I had like four followers and it was like a role play with music and I'm wearing like a puffy vest, but like, oh. Oh, like, oh, I didn't have time to put onboarding together. Like, you know, then the flip new employee. Oh, what? oh! it's fine. I have this book. Like, what? <laughs> and, it just, and it's the most simple thing, but it's things like, it. here's questions to ask your boss, questions to ask colleagues. And it was like the comments, people are like, oh my God, that's so simple. And it's, and it's agnostic to industry. So we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes so you can certainly, and we'll give some charitable donations and talk about that. We'll try to do right by the HR besties. But it's this thing of setting people up for success. And and it's not a cheat sheet and it's not dumbing down. It's showing that because there's so many people that, you know, you don't know how to have the conversation or a manager, you know, they may not have had time to put together onboarding materials, but giving people a guide of what you can ask and giving people a head start can lead to such great outcomes. But I love that Like first week, I love the idea of a first week survey.
1: Yeah. And I I think it sets the tone. So what, uh, like I I know I've mentioned this in several episodes, but I'm new to the organization and they don't have a formal process right now. So what my goal is, is we're going to have an end of week one survey. We're going to have a 30 day check-in, a 60 day check-in, and then a 90 day check-in and probably a six month too. Um, I'm not sure exactly what those are could consist of, but I think it's important that not only are they maybe quote unquote face-to-face, it might be a team's call, um, especially in in the way the world is today, but physically getting in front of someone and asking the questions, hey, just a quick pulse check. You got everything you need. You're all set. Do you have any questions? Did you sign up for our benefits? I see you haven't enrolled in our benefits yet. Or, hey, you're now eligible to enroll in our 401k. Take advantage of that match. Oh, you didn't hear about it? Let me explain it to you. So, this is, you know, when you work for a very large company, because I've worked for large and small, sometimes you you don't have that level of mm-hmm. service, but it's still providing employees day one where to get that stuff. So maybe it's, you know, some intranet site or the company SharePoint, where do you get this information? Um, and even having things, you can flag certain onboarding systems to check back in. So you don't even have to flag yourself like, oh, all my hires from October, I need to check in with them. You can have your system sometimes set up to shoot out those quick emails or um, I just think it's so important mm-hmm. to touch base because after that first day or maybe even the first week, they kind of get lost in the shuffle and they might have questions that they never got resolved and the manager, they might have asked their manager, but their manager might mm-hmm. not know either and and it was never resolved.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned something really interesting and then, Ashley, and now I'm like thinking about it. Uh managers and their part in the onboarding process. I was reflecting it. I don't think I've ever seen training for leaders on onboarding, but yet we know from the research that people choose within that first two weeks, whether they're going to stay or not. We also know how much it costs to yes. backfill people yes. and just bring anybody on. It's mm-hmm. so yeah. incredibly expensive. Why isn't this a space that organizations very thoughtfully invest in?
2: I mean, are you? is this a is it, are you trying to ask me to talk about my Manager One Hundred and One course, <laughs> which has modules on onboarding, including remote onboarding, yeah. um, love which, love which, including shit, tips? But boy, yeah. this is—I'm going to retire bag. after this episode. <laughs> but no, but it's for that exact reason—is because I saw it, it, this was like a byproduct mm-hmm. of having this guide, and then I have one for managers—a guide for me. But it was like this, having this conversation to talk about the importance of this. Because as I say like ten percent of managers are are great they, they, mm-hmm. they get it and they jump in and do things. ten percent of managers should not be managing a paperback of managers do just, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know what to do. And you don't always think proactively. And you're not sitting here like us. Like I go through life and I'm like, oh, this is like management. And my kids are like, oh my God. But but people, you just don't think about it. And organizations as well, because you make these assumptions about that people are capable. They know the questions. If I have a question, I'll ask. And I love that point about the bathroom, Mm -hmm. honestly, because it shows the power dynamic in that in some senses, I think it's a little bit uniquely American. Um, I do think employees globally, em- employees outside of the U.S. Th- they have more awareness of like rights and protections, and yeah, it's more well, of that they relationship. They employment do. employment protections. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But in the U.S., it's it's this mentality in this work. Hard. It's a it's a fear, mm-hmm. and because you do not have those protections, and so people start a job frequently afraid not afraid that they'll lose it,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: so they don't want to say things like "Where's the bathroom?" because I'm uncomfortable, or they ask they don't know what to ask. And so um, this is another area, I do do think like things like a chat GPT can be helpful, like Mm -hmm. use a guide or for managers, what are things I can do to help in onboarding if you have nothing else? But to your question is, Lee, like, why do you think with organizations, they're not investing in in things like this? Or what do you think they could do better?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, first off, there are so many managers that, to your point, they can't even manage a paperback. (laughs) I mean, and it is true, but that's because a lot of times organizations are promoting the individual contributor expert the best SME into a leadership position, (sighs) I know, without actually assessing leadership ability or skills and absolutely not training on it, right? So just across the board, there's this lack of leadership development, investment Mm -hmm. in content for, right? Organizations don't do that. But yet, people leave bad bosses. They rarely leave what the entire organization, they're leaving a person, you know? So it is mind-blowing that we don't invest so many resources uh, right there. Um, you know, I'm a psych nerd. I think that originates from the fact that the people making the decisions on the investment, a lot of times those folks are such egos, right? Yeah. They know what they're doing. They yeah. don't want to be told. They don't want to be told what to do. Right. So they're thinking, I don't need development. You oh my know God. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just out of touch kind of ego psychology. What's yeah. well, the you know? imposter syndrome?
2: <laughs> to, like, things like imposter syndrome or things like the leaders and they, well, let me like, let me tell you, you know, that listen to my advice. And, yeah. My team, your team. Do you know what they say about you on on the anonymous, you know, survey? But it's but it's it's the same. And kind of getting to Jamie, one of the things you talked about is this level of failure. That if you're not setting people up, then. And I think, Lee, to the point of accountability and, and this ego factor is mm-hmm. managers get so worried that their hires are going to fail. And so they want to cut them out. They want to show, they, they see strength as cutting them out, cutting them loose if they're mm-hmm. not working out. And so you may have in sales, in particular, as someone that's, you know, not hitting targets, you know, six weeks in and they, oh, we need to make a change. This person can't close a door. Well, okay, okay. well, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm, they, can't, <laughs> mm-hmm. they can't close, they can't close a sale because <laughs> you also haven't even trained them on the the basics yeah. and haven't had conversations. Well, I'm not going to spend time with that. Like,
0: yeah, maybe okay. you should have a FUPA.
2: You should have it. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly. they're, they're not <laughs> having the initial meeting, so they're not getting the FUPAs. So.
0: You can't close a sale, Damn, they can't even close a they door. They can't close a
1: door or a paper bag. <laughs> <laughs> we probably need a follow-up episode, yeah. uh, a FUPA, about manager <laughs> training, oh, too. Man, all, like, manad- all leadership yeah. development.
0: we Absolutely.
2: This is
1: about we that. need a very <laughs> but, specific dedicated staff. Yeah, and, then, and I know we've mentioned, I think actually was in our holiday episode, how. Important pre onboarding is too. So asking those basic questions about special diet, oh, project, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to be celebrated, if you want your birthday to be celebrated. So there's there's so many things that we can do before they even enter the door. Um, and I just want to add one more thing because um, I know we're running. We're running mm-hmm. close to That's your hard stop, yeah. You're the one that tells I always us. That. I'm very busy. <laughs> very <honeymoon>. um,
2: <laughs> there's always one, Carol. I,
1: yeah. Oh shit.
2: Um, <laughs> I don't even remember what oh, I was going to say. I knew you were going oh, to. I it I'm
0: out. sure it was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, accomplished. I, I know. I'm sure it was brilliant. Well,
2: just interrupt us when we're talking about <laughs> it and you think about it again.
0: Uh, damn. Oh, damn. Oh. Oh, here we
1: go. Here we go. Light bulb. Wow.
0: Light bulb. I saw it physically um, happen.
1: Yeah, I did too. You, you know, one thing I will say is there's no clear divide between onboarding, orientation, training. Yes. There's no clear line for each of those. And so you'll often have managers come to you and they'll want to know, well, when does this end? Oh, does this end? Yeah. There is none. Mm-hmm. Orientation is typically a typically a day one type thing. It's bare minimum basic information. Pre-onboarding is everything before they walk into the door. Training would, could be a, a mixture of things. That could be the specific compliance training. HIPAA training in my case, because of all the healthcare. <laughs> um, but it could also be the on the dawn training. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's shadowing, maybe yeah, it's systems JT, training. It's, you know. Yeah, yeah. But that can, can go well into six months your training. So there's never a clear like HR Besties is telling you it's only a 2 week thing. It's different in every industry. It's different across even positions within a company. Um, but there's really no clear cut, this what is what works. It's what works for your company. But remember, it is a process. And you can't expect the 90 days. You cannot expect, if you did not do any of that in the first 90 days, don't expect those people to know what the hell they're doing and when you want to cut them before they hit their 90 days. In their
0: mm. probationary period. It's a journey. It sure is. It's a journey. And make sure you coach your leaders that they own that. Yeah. They really do. You know, mm-hmm. how they just want to outsource everything to yep. HR? Yeah. Like HR. We got, we got the pre and we got the orientation. Yeah. You know you what train, I mean? You, tra- yeah. you train them. Then we're going to trust you.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's sunglasses season. Now, personally, I like good sunglasses, but I also don't want to spend too much money in case I misplace them. But I want them to be fun. With pair eyewear, you can get the best of both worlds. You can go to their site and customize a pair. Base frames start at just $60. I went and made a pair that was blue tortoise shell with blue frames, and you can do a virtual try-on to make sure that you like them. They came quickly, and I'm loving them. You can get frames for yourself, your family, even your kids. are new design drops every month, like this month with their brand new Star Wars collection. And even better, you can use pre-tax FSA and HSA dollars to buy them. One pair, infinite possibilities. Go to pairiwear.com and use code HRBesties for 15% off your first pair. And support the show by mentioning that HRBesties sent you in your post-checkout survey. That's P-A-I-R-Eyewear.com, code HRBesties.
1: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window.
0: right. Well, I think we got a lot accomplished uh, in that meeting today, like crossing off the agenda items. Look at us moving and shaking. Uh, And so moving into some questions and comments, any questions or comments?
1: I actually have a quick comment um, about managers. You know, if they don't give a damn, we shouldn't give a fuck.
0: (laughs) Okay, well. <laughs> I that, I mean I say that applies poignant. to all people, all people,
2: you know, it's managers or not. I appreciate that.
0: It's very poignant. Um,
2: I'm going to do a comment which is you mentioned HIPAA, and HIPAA is a, is a US concept. HIPAA is spelled H I P A A. Not HIPPA. Yeah. And that's, not like HIPPO. That's it. And it also does not apply to most em- employers. It really applies to medical yeah, medical, medical facilities. Medical. So, so two big errors I tend to see is the spelling and the usage. The spelling <laughs> drives me nuts just because I've been in healthcare the last 10, just, 11 years. That's it. That's, I had to get it off my chest. <laughs> all right, Lee.
0: Well, not a comment, but a quick question for you all. Your worst onboarding experience. I'm just curious. Does anyone have a a crazy onboarding story? (gasps) Jamie, I I Jamie jumping out. A
1: floodlight go on. After I left hospitality, I got a job with, (laughs) it was an HR job, um, with like a suit company. They made suits, like custom suits. And First of all, they wanted to start on my birthday, which I didn't tell them it was my birthday, but I was like, damn. So I started on my birthday and there was no orientation, no nothing. They sat me in a room with the handbook that was only like 40 pages. And for that week, I was to go over it. Like I could have done that in maybe two hours, probably not even. But it wasn't like, go over, read it and tell us what you think's bad. It wasn't that. It was just like, understand it and i think i got to like maybe the third or fourth page and the amount of religious jargon that was in there was a huge like oh no this is i can't this is not the company for me um and i didn't show up um by that wednesday Oh, gosh. Yeah, I was like, nope. This
2: you is dis- a- you this disappeared is- after three days, yep. three
1: days like God's son himself. Yep.
0: <laughs> I said, peace <laughs> out, bitches. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, happy huh? Easter. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. How funny is that? Well,
1: wow. Uh, but— but- it is. That was horrendous for me because I was put it, it in. It was room. literally a dark room. It oh. was it was more like a closet. It was really long and slender. Confessional. Oh. And yeah. Oh, oh my god. Tomb-like. It was yeah, very
0: it tomb-like. Was long, <laughs> it was dark, cold. And
1: and I just remember like texting my husband and being like, This is <laughs> awful. And he's like, Girl, stop. <laughs> You're so dramatic. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is terrible. And did you go back to an old job? What'd you do when you... No, I um, I ended up finding my first healthcare job. This was like in 2013. So mm. I ended up finding my first healthcare job in 2014, shortly after that. And and yeah, the rest is history. I've been stuck in healthcare in HIPAA <laughs> ever since. Oh, God bless. I actually really love healthcare though, so.
2: I mean, I'd say mine aren't, aren't nightmares as much as certainly nothing like that. But it has been experiences where... That's just not information. Like there's there's not a thought process to it. Like you mm, kind yep. of feel like you're a burden. Like you want to apologize. Like I'm I'm sorry for taking up your. T- I'm yeah, sorry for trying sorry to learn I'm the here. information <laughs> to be more successful and you know you know, I don't know like do whatever my job is more more quickly. And so it's that awkward feeling. Um. Or some mm. organizations, the law is certainly one. Consulting consulting is certainly one where there's like a uh, a hierarchy of how people you know how people are perceived in their jobs. And so the level of attention you get in onboarding can depend on your level in the organization or your, your role. Having been an attorney in law firms, I certainly saw that on one side. I've also been on support roles and seen how, again, you're kind of this afterthought in other mm-hmm. organizations. And it's like, just have a, like a consistent experience. But that feeling like you're a burden starting yeah. a company is super weird. Yeah, yeah. So, it is. Super what about weird you, Lee? Ugly?
0: Well, I've had my fair share of, you know, no laptop for a few weeks, or oh, you God. know, my my office was in the the basement, or you know, I had a mouse hole in one did a little rat, rat hole, little yeah, ratatouille friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was Adam. like this. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was literally that guy. Uh, I've had I've had a number of those, uh, and, and you know, too many to count. But I'd say one of my first day, I'll just say first day horror stories, and it's just like embarrassing shit. Like someone that's totally. A weirdo like like myself do, as I remember, I was meeting with my new boss, right, and I had taken a sip of water. Well, he had said something funny, but it was very dry, and and I was probably the only one of the only people that found him funny. And I, I think he was intentionally being funny, so I could have just been laughing at him. Is my whole point? I have no idea, right? Uh, but anyway. I spit that water out across the desk and over him, and it came out my nose. I started choking on the water. I started choking God. on the water, like literally, like, you know, and the water, the water booger water is just like going down my my top, you know. And what's so funny is he just kept talking and like reached back, grabbed the tissues and started wiping up. And I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, he yeah, didn't he even stop didn't to even be like, him. ew, right? Like, he was just like, I, he was probably complimented. I he was found com- him funny. I assume he's a parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, that too, right? And so that happened. And maybe that. Maybe that, right? Maybe that. Uh but uh but yeah, so that happened and then I fell down the stairs. (laughs) So that was like the worst first day ever. Of course I bought new shoes, you know, shout out Rothys. Oh my God. (laughs) And uh but their stairs didn't they're like industrial sort of place, you know, it's just that. It kind of looks like rebar, but it's mm-hmm. not rebar. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like that shiny shit. I can't even steal. <laughs> like, whatever that material is. <laughs> whatever, that high the tech. Word, right. <laughs> whatever that high-tech material is. <laughs> like uh, you know. But they didn't have that gritty sticker oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, you so need that slipped. gritty yep. stickers. Oh, my God. I, bet, I, I bet busted you, my ass. I was going to
1: say, I bet you got
0: that put in, though, didn't you? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, no, because I tried to play it off, dude, because, like, no one saw it until, like, the person that was escorting me, my employee, Jesus, uh, turns around and looks at me and I'm I'm there (laughs) on my knees on this, no, literally on the stairs. She's like, are you okay? Oh, yeah. I'm just a little, just a little slip, you know? Like, and I had, I mean, big ass bruises for weeks. I was in so much pain. I, like, broke my hip.
2: But you have to, but, right, but that's the first, the first day, new job yeah. energy, where you pretend, like, I'm I, yeah, like, I, I pretend fine. I'm okay.
0: I'm going to pretend I'm not neurodivergent. I'm, I'm going to pretend like I'm a normal yeah, person. Am, I'm going am, to pretend am, I'm not clumsy. Yeah, I'm going to pretend too. like I have, I have the ability to not choke on water. Yeah, they're um, going to pretend like they have their
2: shit together. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm not nervous, no. It's like dating, you know yeah. what I mean? Let's pretend like... We're normal for at least one day. Yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't work for me. <laughs> and on that note, we sure do wish you all many happy first days. Not too many, though. Yeah, uh, stay like employed. <laughs> yeah, not like Jamie. <laughs> Don't be like Jamie. You know. Uh, but thank you so much for joining our staff meeting, besties. We'll see you at the next one.